At that point of davening, which is called, which we're entering into a, a level of of a relationship with Hashem that's called atzilus, meaning the highest possible relationship that we can have. Where neichach pnei Hashem, much of the davening before, even though, even though, of course, we're talking to Hashem, but on on a certain level, we're talking about Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and we're talking to the entire world. Halu is Hashem and Hashemayim. Halu ba Noimim. When it comes to when it comes to Shemnesrei. Atzilus is a lashon of Eitzel, and it means that I'm mamish neichach pnei Hashem, the closest possible way that I could be by Shemnesrei. That's why, even though the rest of davening, there are different hagim to daven loud, to daven soft, the tzaddikim that was screaming by the rest of davening. That's for the rest of davening. But Shemnesrei, Chazal are very critical of a person who, who davens Shemnesrei out loud. He's, he's considered a person that's mikitane emuna of small faith. Because when you're standing right next, when there's that, always, Hashem's always with us, but when a person has that recognition, that awareness, that Hashem's Baruch is mamish, mamish, right next to him, and his conversation is kadaber ish el re'eyu, like, like the Ramchal and all the Sadiqim say, kadaber ish el re'eyu, mamish, that you're standing next to him, you're talking to him in such a way. So then, to say something out loud or to scream would indicate that you don't that you're lacking somehow in your amuna that you're standing in this intimate, face-to-face, personal dialogue with the Vernishla. So by Shemnesrei, for personal daven out loud is mitani amuna. That requires that chush requires a person to be in that place of amuna. When he feels neichach pnei Hashem, but if a person's if a person's relationship with Hashem is Hashem b'shemayim v'ani al ha'aretz, we're just chazring for a minute. Hashem is in heaven, someplace far away. V'ani al ha'aretz. He says the same thing that you have people that in- instinctively, when they're talking long distance, they start to scream on the phone. Even though nowadays it's not necessary. Maybe in the old days. Certainly 20, 15, 20, 30 years ago When the long distance was very shvach When normally if you would talk to Israel You would have a weak connection And you have to talk loud But nowadays Nowadays pretty much you could talk anywhere in the world Maybe even from outer space And you could talk regular You don't have to worry about it Still there are many people Who come from the old days Who instinctively When they're talking to somebody who's far away they're talking to if, if it's if they're speaking to somebody in New Jersey or Connecticut, no, Connecticut, California, no. But if you're talking to somebody that's in it's Israel or even further, it's in Australia someplace. So then there's a certain teva that a person has to talk louder. Shemnesrei to talk loud. Shemnesrei would reveal that this person has some sort of a hergish that the Baruchim is still far away from him, and that's that's wrong. Kedabi Ishareyu requires that level of amuna that I'm mamish here in the most intimate, intimate way with Hashem Azbarach, right next to Hashem. In Ninveh, when the Pasik says this, I'm just reviewing for a second, when it says in the Pasik, by Yikru Elokim Bechazka, that they called out to Hashem in a strong way. Bechazka. So when you look at that, the simple chat, it's very complimentary. 
that they were screaming and yelling out to Hashem, but the Kotzka didn't like that. The Kotzka said that Jews don't have to do that. Jews feel that they're close to Hashem. The Kotzka, and it wasn't the Kotzka's way, by the way, even in the rest of Davening, it wasn't his way to scream, even though the Tzadikim that they're in is Davka to scream, but the Kotzka's not, wasn't that way. When he, and he says Bechazka, that they were screaming, it meant that the people of Ninveh were not able to rise to that level of Amunah, and perhaps they were right, maybe they don't have such a, a Shaykh as Hashem is brought, but they were not able to feel that intimacy of Neuchach B'nei Hashem. So Mimelo, the, the thing is to scream and to yell, maybe he'll hear if we scream and we yell. But when a person is living with the, with the awareness of Lais, also that he fills every single inch of my existence, and even though the whole time, by, even by the rest of Davin, certainly during the day, I might not feel that close, but, but Shmonesrei is that time of Kedabi Yishlarei, who then is Divei Chacham Benachas Nishmoy. And a person who is wise, and a person who understands that closeness to Hashem, and believes in it and feels it, it's a very quiet thing. Lo It's not. It's not with loudness. It's not with a scream. It's called the Mamadaka. It's with a very still and quiet voice. When a person is speaking to somebody in a very personal, personal, intimate way, it's not with kailos abrakim. It's not with screaming and with yelling. It's with a whisper, and that's the English message. So on kufchav zayin vaday, two thirds down vaday shebetchilas avadosa. So the tzaddik here says that certainly in the beginning ones of avayda, uh, ones of avayda, we're trying to to learn to develop to develop a relationship with Hashem's Baruch, not only the davening during the regular times of davening. But for a person to be able throughout the day, throughout the day, to be able to turn to Hashem's Baruch and to speak to Hashem about everything that's going on and to be able to daven for, for Siyat Dishmai and so on with all that he's doing. This is, the, this is what we've been talking about. So, certainly the beginning of one's Avaidah, when you're beginning this program and you're beginning to try to establish this kind of a relationship with the daven in this way, so it's very hard in the beginning to feel Kedabi Isha Re'ehu. If there's Mamish, your closest friend, or someone that you love, a father, a mother, a brother, is right next to you. It's very hard. That's why we learn. In the beginning of, of a person's working on this union of, of this way of tefillah, we're so not used to it, so people would say, please, if only Hashem would help me. He speaks about Hashem in the third person. But what's crucial here is to speak directly to Hashem, Kedavir Yishal Re'ehim. The Zui Avayda Atsuma, it takes a tremendous amount of work. Shrak L'Achazman Nikeres, L'Achazman Nikeres Hashpa'as, only after a considerable amount of time will you begin to see the Hashpa'a that this way of davening has upon your life. It's unbelievable, tremendous, tremendous Hashpa'a. Not, you're not going to feel that after a day or two of trying. We're in our in what we're learning here now. He said, "I'm trying to explain how we should go from one level to the next, higher and higher." Even of course, Hashem is always with you, but you begin. It's very hard to have that feeling. So you begin with the hagosha that Hashem is is not so close. Some people naturally feel that kind of closeness. We're talking about the mahalach. The natural mahalach is that in the beginning you don't feel so close. And you work one level after another level. 
to feel more and more that you're speaking directly to the Bayrei Aylam Ba'ifan Mukhashi Ba'ifan Mukhashi V'hunitzav L'tzidenu And he's right here He's right here, Mamish Next to you If a person doesn't feel that way In one of his other swarm In the second chilek In the second chilek No, this is the second chilek In the fourth chilek he gives, he gives a marshal Also using the telephone where a person, he says, it used to be that you could mail a person a letter that was a, that was a chiddush. Then they came up with telephones, a big chiddush. Now, there's something you can leave a message, to leave a message. So, he gives a marshal, imagine your, your father is going away to Chutzlar, it's far away, and he said, don't worry, he leaves you his phone number, and you can call him on that phone number. And if I'm not there, then leave me a message. So he leaves a message, and his father doesn't call back. Two days, three days, he's leaving ten, ten messages, twenty messages, he doesn't know. Why would my father not call back? Maybe there's something wrong with the machine, maybe it's the wrong number. And he thinks, Khalila, maybe God forbid something happened to my father. Maybe, maybe Ainli Abba. Could be that. I no longer have a father, God forbid. My father died. Ainli Abba. So he said that the Nimshul, you have a person whose entire life, his whole davening is not directly in a conversation with Hashem. You know, there's a huge difference when you're talking to a live person on the phone or you're talking to the answering machine. That's why people are inhibited. They could say a lot of things they normally wouldn't say Person, when you're speaking to the person directly. Generally, in a normal situation, when you leave a message, it's going to be much more just the information and then and, and it's going to be a, more distant and more cold. When you're speaking to a, to a live person who you care for deeply, obviously the words are going to be with greater warmth and greater intimacy. That's the natural... I mean, people are not like that. It's very, very odd. There are some people who are much more comfortable saying nice things to a machine, but that's that's not a lechatchila, how Hashem Hashem's wants us to be. He wants us to be with machines very proper and with people very personal, right? So, you have a person whose whole davening, his whole life, is a bechina of leaving a message for God on a machine. Because what happens, you leave a message. In other words, you speak about God and you're talking and you leave certain things. For instance, he's saying, you leave a message. I need, I need das, I need slich and I need tshuva. I need Yerushalayim, I need Kibbutz Goliath, I need Shalom, right? And you leave, and it goes, except that it's, you never get a thing that, that says, you know, like sometimes you get cut off of the mission. Yeah, it just leaves you what you need. And you leave, you, you say, you're davening, you hold davening, and how's your davening? Your davening is, you're not speaking Panim El Panim, it's not Nechach Pnei Hashem, it's not Kedabi Yisraelu, it's, a, it's basically like leaving a message. I need Rafus and Yeshuas and Slicham and Achilam, Yushalayim, Kibbutz Goli, Yisim Shalom, you know, all the Alagitazacha. You need all of those things, and then, uh, and then, Shkarich, and you, you take your three steps back, and you hope it worked. Now you see that a person, the, a person sees that you're not getting any, nobody ever got a call back, right? Because normally when it works, the way it works with messages, you leave a message, and you hope that somebody will call you back. So, so we're leaving messages like this. If this is how we daven, then we're leaving messages like this for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years leaving messages. Not once did he give you a return call. So a person gets disheartened, usually by the time you're 7, 8 years old. You already feel a chalisha And then you begin to either come to the conclusion that, what, there's something wrong with the line. I got the wrong number. Now, maybe I'm supposed to be davening Nusach Svarim, davening Ashkenaz. Or maybe I'm supposed to be saying a soft and I say a tough. Or maybe my, maybe I did so many avayers and I caused the lines to get messed up. And I, I don't know, the good hookup. There's something I messed up because I didn't avayer. I talk Lashon Harrison because I talk Lashon Harrison. Now it caused some static on my line with davening. You know, all these svaras. In an extreme situation, a person can come to the conclusion, Ain Abba, God forbid. Maybe there's nobody there at the other end. I'm, I'm davening like this for years. 
I'm asking for these. I don't know. Could be Ain Abba. Could be Khalil. There's no father. Right? Tila is only Tila when a person is Kedabi Isharei. Not leaving messages. When you when you feel that every second of davening, I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking on a machine, I'm not talking to a malach, and a malach is going to take it. You know that there was a big pachad by Rishonim about talking to malachim, davening to malachim, the whole the whole tumult with the maral in in in, in the slichas uh, malachi rachman, uh, huh? Yeah. That that whole tumult by the Rishonim about whether or not I'm talking to a malach and to be and then how do you dive when you're by a grave to be not to be over God forbid God forbid to be darish a mason talking to the mason the mason take the tefillah do I, do I need somebody to take my tefillah to me there's a there's a pachat a person has to know that when he's davening he's davening directly to the varnishlam kedabe ish and when a person feels that way and a person knows that. And he goes over and over and over. That's called tefillah. That's really davening. Zui hashi'if at the bottom of the page. This is what we're aspiring to. This is what we want. Zui hashi'if of zui hamatara. And this is our objective. This is the goal. Lichyayisim arabani shalom gamkan. Not the barani shalom is far off someplace, long distant, somewhere. Lichyayisim arabani shalom gamkan ba'edom hazeh. To live with the Baruch Hashem in this world, Mamish. That's what Yaakov was davening. Vahaya Hashem lila lekim. All of those bakoshes. Nosam lelechem lechol begel lil baish. What does it mean? Nosam lechol lechem lechol begel lil baish. Yaakov didn't believe that the Baruch Hashem was the one that takes care of, of Panasa. The Baruch Hashem was not. The, the, he didn't know the Baruch Hashem was the one that gives you food and gives you clothing. He has to say to Hashem, Nosam lelechem lechol begel lil baish. It means. Rashi help me to feel that every single second that I'm eating, that I should feel that you're the one that's putting the food into my mouth. Beg a little bit. Every single second that I have a shirt on my back, I should feel that you're the one that that, that, that buttoned the shirt, that gave me the shirt and buttoned the shirt. That's what it means. Because in the in the column of Sulamuts of Shemaima, there is this part of the ladder that's in Shemayim, and a person sometimes forgets. And he thinks that, that the Baruch Shalom is someplace away, and, he, and it's not Mutzav Arza. But he's Mamish here, Mamish here with me in this place. And the sheaf of a Jew has to be that that hergish, that chush of what Mutzav Arza. Mutzav Arza. That the Baruch Shalom is with me here every single second. Doesn't mean after you die. I mean, there, of course, the Madrashim that talk about Atzazachayim also after you die. But the simple pshat, the Salaf and Hashem, Atzazachayim means I want to be able to walk together with Hashem, Atzazachayim, in the land of the living while I'm alive. Not just after I die. There isn't one of us that's sitting here that doesn't plan at some point during our lifetimes to, 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 to feel a connection to Hashem. Everybody, everyone's expecting that. We just think it's going to happen because somebody told us when we were kids. But if you keep on doing mitzvahs, then God, then you'll feel close to God. And we're all wondering, like, when does that happen? So then it's scary if you ask somebody that already is 75, 80. Well, Mister, you've been keeping mitzvahs for 75, 80 years. How close do you feel to the Baruch He tells you, No, no, I'm expecting you any day now. So you get very, very nervous about that. But everybody wants to leave the world having experienced 
kivas of a kim. As halach from Hashem's baratz as a chayim. Dodo Melach said, as halach from Hashem's baratz as a chayim. Not just after I die. Besides that, after you die, depending upon the kivas Hashem that you had in this world, that's the kivas Hashem you have in the next world. It's not like all of a sudden kivas of a kim in the next world. If you didn't, if you lived with the Bereshit in this world, then you'll recognize him in the next world. Otherwise, like it says in the Salon of Mesorim, you could sit in Gan Eden because you're a good guy. You didn't do any avarice, you did mitzvahs. So but you could sit in Gan Eden. He says like a stick house, like a piece of wood. It's chaval to be a piece of furniture in Eilam Hab. In other words, they don't keep you out of the place because you're a good guy. You're allowed in. You, you get a ticket. You come in, but you sit like a piece of furniture. That's chaval. Why? Because you didn't have any relationship with the Baruch Shalom Ba'atzah Only those who are in the Bukhina of Eshalach Ba'atzah Ba'atzah will understand, will feel the unbelievable Talmud of Zah Hashem Kivinulai. This is Hashem. My whole life I was talking to and living with and Zah Hashem and then after 120 a lot of the coverings are taken away and the person says, oh, oh, this is the Zah Hashem Kivinulai. But if, if your whole life you're not in that way of Zahashem Kivinulai, then after 120, that's what the Tzadikim say. Then you sit in Ganadim because you're a good guy. You didn't do a very, you did mitzvahs, they put you into a good place, but you sit there and you're waiting for the program to begin. Like, what's going on over here? What's going on? You don't, you don't have a, you don't have a, a tchusha feeling of closeness. Even in the next world could be such a thing, God should Where a person doesn't feel the oinig, the tanig of closeness to Hashem. So every single one of us is hoping that we're going to be on this level what David Melch was talking about that and it's said that that's like one of the most you know that's, that's a popular name for like a cemetery you know, they always give like names like that like cheerful names for depressing places so and we have even even in our tradition in by the Ashkenazim, there, there is there's a, it's from the Kadmon. It comes from the Rishonim to call Eretz to call a cemetery, to call a cemetery a place of those who are living. But Dovda Malch, the Pshat and the Pasuk is Halach Lefnei Hashem means not after 120. It means in this world, as Halach Lefnei Hashem, to live a life which is as Halach Lefnei Hashem, Ba'atzas Achayim. Kashazoyich Adam Liyaz Dovid Bakadosh Baruch Hu. When a person is zayicha to be dovik, to be attached to Hashem, v'atam adveikim Hashem lokechem chayim kulchem hayoyim. Those of you who are attached to Hashem, chayim kulchem hayoyim. That's what it means to really live. To really live means a life of of closeness to Hashem. That's what it means to really live. Without that, it's not called atzus hachayim. Even though you could say this person is living it up, and he's got every single day of his life, he's got another party, he's got another this, he's got another another. Uh, a million dollars got another house another trip and he says he's living it up but that's not called a life without the Torah says if you're not Dovak Hashem it's not called being alive it's not you haven't experienced being alive unless it, unless it's a life of Kivas Hashem so all of these things that like uh, you know you haven't lived yet like they have an advertisement like if you don't go to if you didn't go to the Bahamas you haven't lived yet is that? And people say to the, the guy says to his wife, I'm nervous that we, have, we haven't lived yet. So I think we should go, we should try to live. We have to go to the Bahamas, and there we're going to live. There's only one way that a Jew can live. Maybe a, maybe for a goy there's some sort of a chiyas like that, but a Jew has no chiyas. It's only atem adveikim b'shem alakechem. Chaim kul chamayim. It's haluk v'nei shabbat. Say sechem. Hemanti gadab anis yimayt aniyamati b'chavsi kol adam kaiser. All his advertisements are lies. Kol adam kaiser. 
you know, Kaladam Kaiser, the Swamak doesn't say that oh, anybody that comes and tells you that there's another way to live, Kaladam Kaiser. That's a shaker, that's a lie. There's no other way. There's no other way. Haregam, the last one. Haregam, ha'elam hazeh, ha'ifrik liyos ha'ruh b'chines a'atzis ha'chayim. You don't have to wait till you die. This world is already in a'atzis ha'chayim. The land of the living. Mitarch, next page. Kufakas. Mitarch kach. Huzoich l'madvege says, Halach l'fnei Hashem ba'atzis ha'chayim. Gam kan, ba'idu ba'lom hazeh. You don't have to be in the cemetery. You don't have to be in the cemetery. It's, it's, it's even here. It's even here. We're, we're learning on Monday night. We're learning, uh, we're learning from the Sichas Lukutim Ran and from the Sichas of Rabbi Nelson about, about how Rabbi Nachman, the, the, the end of Rabbi Nachman's life, and how Rabbi Nachman Breslov, you know, he was a young man. So already three years, three years before he died, they were passing through Uman. Now everybody knows that he was buried in Uman. He didn't live there at the time. He was living in Breslov. And three years before he died, they were going to They were going to see Chassidim in different places. And they were going to Uman, and Ibn Nachman, they came to the village of Uman, and uh, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty over there, it's nice. Breslov is Mamish, a beautiful place. But Uman is, Uman is, is, is nice over there. So they came, to the, they came, and Ibn Nachman says, Oh, this is a beautiful place. This is a beautiful place. And they never saw him like he was on this, he never talked like that. This is, I like this place. So Ibn Nachman said that they didn't know, like, never heard him talk that way, and they said, What? Because there was a garden over there, and and he was so misspoke like this from the garden. Like you no, know, they never saw him get so excited about some flowers. And so Nachman said, no, 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 no. He pointed beyond the garden. That's where the cemetery was. He said, I like it over there. I like this cemetery. I like this cemetery. And he used to say afterwards a few times, Uman's a nice cemetery. It's a nice cemetery there. And they understood that he wanted to be buried there. And six months before he was nifter, all of a sudden he picked up, and he they didn't know he was going to die so young. He was sick, but it wasn't that bad. And and he decided we're moving. They went to Uman, and then they got uh, they found him a place from where he could see the cemetery. And he used to look out there and say, "I like it over here. It's good. This is a good place." Everybody else in the world is afraid of those places, but at Tzadik, who at Tzadik, and he said about himself that when they were all crying before he died, he said, "What are you nervous? For me, it's like taking my coat off and putting on a different coat. It's nothing. It's gone." And they were screaming, "Don't leave us, Rabbi!" And he says, "I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you." And and but but for him to for him in this world and the next world is That's one thing. He lived in this world in a state of dreikus b'ashem. So what was he afraid to go to the next world? It's a it's a different it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of living. A person is zeichet to that madrega. If it's halach ba'atzes achaim, listen to Shabbat's chaim gam kan by the by the mazer. Now mikol makom let's go right. Mikol makom amahalach amahalach habar shatfilu hi akayim ashleimer shemamid this other mereish ad gemir. The whole inyanin. Davening is not just three times a day. Davening is what establishes the entire tzura of what a Jew is in this world. Davening is not like it's not just another mitzvah. All mitzvahs are gewaltig, but there's a certain inyan to put on the film. And then sometimes there's a sukkah, then you have to build a marker. There are different mitzvahs. But tefillah is the whole tzura sachaim of the Jew. Is tefillah. It's 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 who you are. It's every single. It's every single part of your existence is determined by tefillah. Therefore, it's not just three times a day, or to daven, or, or, or sometimes in the middle of the day when there's something really, when there's something really big, you know, or something very, very important that's taking place. But it means I call prat because that's the tzur of a Jew. Is that a Jew is a davener? That's a that's a, a Jew is a davener. That's him. He's a davener. Ham nichnas elachazanish. He tells him, I say, 
It once happened that a Jew went into the Chazanish in Nalayim Kruis with torn shoes. This Yid had shoes that were torn. But the, but the, the guy didn't have money for, for shoes, for a pair of shoes, he didn't have money. So Shal Oisai Achazni, so Achazni asked him, Hey, Mkrad, you cashed the Marabanisham, she eaten a castle thing that's not lying. Did you ask the Banisham to give you money to buy shoes? Lo, Anayudi, the Yid said no. I'm embarrassed that they ask Hashem such a thing to go to speak to him about shoes. It's not a recovery to get things that I should, I should uh, bother Hashem with my shoes. Listen to what Chazanish said. This is one of these things we have to remember. Listen. Chazanish, you should know. I want you to know something. This way of acting, you didn't for shoes, you don't want to stare, you don't want to bother the Rabbanish or something. You should know that it sounds like what and you have such Yerushamayim because of His Holiness because Hashem's Holiness you don't want to uh, you don't want it's not nice to talk about such small things like shoes that's what it sounds like that's not where it's really coming from where's it coming from Yerush Habusha it's coming from just embarrassment the shame and he explains you have a problem my friend in your relationship with Hashem don't make it sound like you you would and you have a strong relationship with Hashem but you don't want to bother them with such an Irish cat like shoes and therefore you'll wear torn shoes. That's not it. He says, you're lacking in your connection to Hashem's door. There's something missing in your cash. If you would truly feel that the Barishalm is your father, and he's here with you in the room, you would not feel embarrassed to ask him for shoes. When you were a kid, and, you, and your shoes were torn you weren't embarrassed you didn't feel it was beneath your father you weren't embarrassed to ask your father that he should buy you new shoes unless you knew that your father was in a very very bad situation he didn't have a penny so there you, maybe you didn't want to ask him because you knew he couldn't afford to buy you a new pair of shoes but if you would know that your father was very rich, let's say you're never poor, but your father was very rich, and your shoes were torn, you had a problem to go to your father and to say, I, 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 in a nice way, I, I need a pair of shoes. The kesef leichoselov, and here we told about a father that that is not poor. The father has lia kesef liazov mil mashem. Your father is very rich. Would you be embarrassed to ask him for a pair of shoes? Even for a second, would you hesitate? Certainly not. The kach, so the chazanish says, see him a chazanish for Amos. The chazanish says, Hayad Hashem tiktsa. What? You think the Baruch has a short arm? It's like a Rishbaruch Vade Shem Machsen. Certainly, he's not lacking in funds to get you a pair of shoes. He could afford a pair of shoes for you. Kishodim Zeicher. 
page Kufchav Tes, Kisha Adam Zaychen. Vuhumagish Shakadish Barucho Nitzav Liyadu. If you beemis beemis feel that the Bani Shalom is there with you, and he's your father, and he loves you, and he's concerned about every single thing, just like your father cares about every single thing in your life. Vuhumagish, there's nothing too small to ask your father. Other Abba. The father has nachis when he sees that the son comes to him and doesn't go someplace else. The father has nachis in that. Umagish Kajbrah Nitsavliyadai. Umispalu a kol pratu prat mechai. If you ask for every little thing, you daven. For every little thing in your life, you talk to the Bainshal about every little thing. That's what we were learning before about this this appointment that I have, it should go well. This uh, this Indian that I have now with the children that my that I have to talk to my son about something important the Bainshal and help spend ten seconds to daven that it should go well. Your father is next to you and your father loves you and your father has what to give you. He could afford it. Rabbi, isn't there also like you don't want to eat up your zechuyos though? That's a that's a wrong cheshbon. Even though there was a cheshbon like that in Chazal, there is a cheshbon like that in Chazal. It's not when it comes to tefillah. So a person a person makes a cheshbon that if I'm going to bother the bainishlam for a pair of shoes, then what am I going? Then I, it's like I only have a certain amount of miles that I got. You know, and I'm, I don't want to use up my mileage on shoes. I'd rather use it up like on someone God forbid not being well. So what I want to blow it on a pair of shoes, I'd rather spend it on a, I'd rather spend it on on, on something like a, on an important an important uh, thing that that that, uh, that with health or something like that you're not using up any schusim at all, there's no such thing it's not true, the chazals that sound like there's such an you have to be learned properly, I'm not going to do that now but it's not true, tefillah is for everything tefillah there's no meaning like that. I told you, Alzaisis Paul Chasid Hashem Laes Mitzay. What David Mel says, Laes Mitzay. The Gemara says, Alzaisis Paul Chal Chasid Laes Mitzay Zubesakisay. Are you afraid? A person. The Gemara says that on the pasuk in Tilim. So you go into, you know, as you go into the bathroom, you ask the Bnei Shlom help me that it should go well. Should be not clear going to the bathroom. So a person, a person can get sick out of it and not feel well. Everything should go okay. So that's so I'm not using up my schusim. I'm diving there. I'm diving for besakisa. That's what I want to dive for. You see that you see there masakin chazal masakin brachas for everything, and the, and, the, and we have tefillas for everything. And even though they made up a, a nusach for shemun and for davening because people otherwise the, gets crazy like the Ram says at the beginning in his tefillah, but but you see that chazal wanted and encouraged us to add in our own bakashas also into the, into the tefillas. And then the later generations, when it became harder for us to daven, so then the tzaddikim, the shalach kaddish, and and and, and the and a lot of the svadish the tzaddikim, the ben ishchai, and and the and the a lot of the tzaddikim, the the chavetz chaim, and the tefilas and chazanish and nechsam soifer, that they made up new tefilas, more tefilas, so we should be able to be miskashed Hashem for every tiny little thing. We're not using up schusim, we're creating more schusim. If the marshal is to the father. A kid doesn't have to make a cheshbon. Yeah, if it's a boss, then you have to make a cheshbon. I got to be careful. Because if I ask something now, I'm not going to get later. With a, with, a, with a father, you don't have to have a cheshbon like that. With a father, and remember that the resources are infinite. The Bereshit's resources are infinite. Every single day, a person can say Chan and a marble or means the Bereshit has in his bank account. An infinite amount of forgiveness. You could daven three times a day. Not just 
a little bit of slicha. A marvelous thing. A lot of forgiveness. But a marvelous thing. He has a lot. He has an open account to give. And it doesn't take away, it doesn't take away schus. It's, it's, it, 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 it creates more schus. Those chazals that sound like they have to be learned. But it doesn't take away a schus. Kolza Islama. Kulchavtas on top. All of the why kibah oimek advarim. Now listen carefully. It's a very big insight. He's kibah oimek advarim. He says the truth is on a deeper level. Me also she yachsel adam alayim. Who messed up your shoes in a, I mean in a respectful way? Who tore your shoes to begin with? You tripped over the rack and you tore your shoes. A lot of people trip and they don't tear their shoes. Well, a lot of people had a mazel to buy a, a, a normal pair of shoes that doesn't tear just because you bumped into something, right? Me also, she asks a lot of my line. Who was the one that, that caused this to happen? That there's no that the shoes are ruined. You think the shoes can tear on their own? Nothing happens on its own. And and who was the one that took care of your own panasa and left you in such a state that what? That you can't even afford to buy a pair of shoes. You don't have money for shoes. Everything is ashgacha protis. You don't have money. You finally got money to buy a pair of shoes, and then the shoes tore. How do they tear? They don't have to tear. I mean, and if they have a normal lifetime, I, I, we had this thing. We had this light bulb. We had this light bulb in the house that was going. Really, it was going for like seven, eight years. A light bulb. I don't know. It was going for seven, eight years. And then I knew this was going to happen, but I I just once I said to my wife, Chetaki, it's a, a pella with this light bulb. We never spoke about it. There was this light bulb going down to the basement. It's a pella, that light bulb. goes down to the basement. It was like uh, seven, eight years. I never changed it. It wasn't one of those fancy like $40 bulbs. It was a regular light bulb. And it's on all the time. The kids in my house, I don't know about, about you, they don't believe in, well, I'm turning off lights. <laughs> lights are on. All the time, so I don't understand that. So I never said anything about that because the one thing in the house that's my job is changing light bulbs. That's the only thing I do. So I changed lights. So everybody I guess figured that Daddy must be changing light bulbs there. Dem says I never changed. It was, it was just like that. It was a near Talmud. It was a Hanukkah lechtul. You know, I never went out this thing. So now once I was sitting with my wife and I'm saying, you know, it's a pella. You know the light bulb this is. So she said, what is? It? I said. I haven't changed them once in like seven, eight years. That dead bulb's gone. So I said, yeah. I mean, it's always on. She said, I thought you must have put it. I said, no, I never once changed that bulb. The next day. <laughs> maybe two days, but the day it was finished. That was it. And, and, and I said right away, I said, I, I knew that was, that was it. Done. And the Rebbe Shalom says, uh-huh. Because you have, you have an, uh, a permanent bulb over there, right? I think that's it. No more bulbs over there. So right away, that was it. That was the end of it. So the Rabbi Yishol makes it go on, he makes it go off. That's how it is. Everything's Ashgach HaPratis. Medudek is very, very medudek. Everything's like Medudek is Lagamre. Adam Zekkonis and Alayim Halalu. First of all, we learned that the person went and he dafka, why do you want, why on that day did he go to buy shoes? And he went to that dafka, that shoe store. And he dafka looked at all the different shoes. He says, I like these shoes. He bought these shoes. That's also Ashgach HaPratis. So he bought these shoes. So let's say he was able to wear the shoes he had for a year. 
As long as the Vayishlam decided you needed these shoes, the shoes didn't tear. The second, the second that it was known that you were finished with these shoes, the second that the time that you had with these shoes was already Shemaim, that it was determined you would have with these shoes, the second that that was done, he gave you a little bit of a trip or somebody stepped on a place but that was the end you know, those shoes when you bought them had on another thing in the Baruch Shalom's book that it's going to last until test kiss life of this and this year that's it that's, that was the shoe Nimsim Kain Shemisha Korolais and Alayim the one who tore your shoes is the creator of the world himself the creator of the entire world not just a pair of shoes the creator of the whole world is the one that tore your shoes now the Gemara tells us by the Besamekdash okay so they still give in Bava Kama about when if somebody is responsible that, that, that this fire is your responsibility that you set this fire and now it went ahead and it was burning other things beside it so shalom yishalom amavya sadeiru the one who is responsible for the fire has to pay amar kadosh baruch so the branch from the gemara says in bava kama maridik thing so Hashem baruch says about this din olai l'shalom esabeiru shehivarti it's my responsibility to what to pay for the fire that I made I was the one that set the fire in Yushalayim. I set Yushalayim on fire. I lit the. I was the. I'm the mysterious arson. I lit the first match that set Yushalayim on fire. That Hashem lit a flame in Sion. I was our Avayus and was all these. Hashem was the one that lit Yushalayim. All of the foundations of Yishalayim were, were consumed. And Hashem says, no, Therefore, since I was the one who lit the fire, I burned Yishalayim down. And I will rebuild Yishalayim with fire. I destroyed it in fire, and I will build it in fire. And it's from the Pesach, Shalom Yishalom HaMavya Sabeira, Apidin. You made the fire, you have to fix it. When a person recognizes this, when a person believes this, the one who ultimately destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, it can't fall down, it can't be destroyed without the Baruch Shalom. Is the Baruch Shalom. Then you know that the one to turn to to build the third Besamekdash is not Arafat or Abbas. It's not the Knesset to, to build the third Besamekdash. And it's not to a picture of the Lubavitcher hanging on the wall either, in all due respect to the Tzadik Yisrael item. It's not, it's not anything like that. It's Mavakish Mimenushi of Neyushainis. It's the Esther Bernishlam himself. Because you know that he's the one that bought you the, he's the one that got you the shoes, he's the one that tore the shoes, and he's the one that's going to give you a new pair of shoes. He's the one that gave you the base of Mictus, he's the one that burnt the base of Mictus, and he's the only one that can give you a new base of Mictus. When you know that, and you believe that a million percent, when you ask him for things, you ask with crying and with begging.
not to not to make a list on the answering machine. Like God forbid, like it's uh, your Hanukkah shopping list, and you leave a message like you do on the you know on the website for uh, Toys R Us. You know, put in something Toys R Us. You put for the Bernishal, and you put it, and you should give you for Hanukkah. Because really, somebody else takes care of that. But when it comes to your boss, your boss is, uh, and when it comes to getting money from your boss, so then you come with with tefillas and tachanunim. Oh, your royal highness, the boss, please, I did such a good job this year. Can you give me, you know, a bonus, a better bonus for the holidays, please? I beg of you. And you know, shivchi kamayim libech. When it comes to your boss, because you think that he's the one that. He's the one that got you the job, and he's the one that pays you the money, and he's the one that's going to give you the bonus. And the mailer, all of your treatments and bakoshes are to him. But that day, when you're diving to the Bershon, you're yawning while you're saying, you're saying, you're saying, you said that like you were looking at your watch, you were yawning, you don't even remember you said it, you finished the brach, you said, did I say that? I don't know if I said it. But you don't have that with the boss. With the boss, it's the same brach, this should be a good year. Last year was was a good year. It should be a better year. The firm made more money this year. How do you daven? How do you talk to people? Who's your, who's the one that's giving it to you? Who's the one that built the basement? Who's the one that destroyed? It? Who gave you shoes? Who took away your shoes? Who's going to give you new pairs? It all comes out in davening. When it comes to all the other misses, you could, you could, you know, you could just get by. You shake a little if you know nobody knows like what's going on. As long as you shake the lulu the right way, you sit in the sukkah, you blow the shofar. Okay, all that stuff. But when it comes to tefillah, the whole Indian is that the avoda shabalev of tefillah is is the test to know whether whether or not you believe in him and whether you believe in Hashgacha Pratis Mamish. That's davening. Davening you can't fake. I mean, you can fake the whole world, but you can't fake yourself. Nobody, nobody has any. No, everybody knows where he's holding in his davening, where he stands with his davening. It's not, there's no mystery there. So this is not only when it comes to the base of Mikdash that the Bereshit built it. He, he burned it and he builds it again. It's everything in each of our lives. Everything in life. It's not just a big thing like the Bessemekdash. It's everything in life. If a person would apply this and understand, when your shoes tear, it's the Creator. The same way it says He set Yushalayim on fire. The same way He tore my shoes. He also believes that uh, that Hashem is going to build this, the one, the base of the he burned down. He's going to build it with fire. And you need things from Hashem. You come to Him. There's no other address. It's not the boss. It's not the stock market. There's no other address. The one who the one who tore the shoes will pay for a new pair of shoes. The same address. to go looking. That's what the Chazanish was telling that Yid with the torn shoes. In Ruvain Shava, Ruvain Sarach Lashalim. If Ruvain broke something, then Ruvain's got to pay for it. If other Maven Shaktovich or Kol Dover Vedover, can you imagine some guy breaks? Some guy breaks your. Uh, he's in your house. Ruvain's in your house, and Ruvain breaks the uh, lamp. He knocks over the lamp. He breaks the lamp. 
and you just smile, you don't say anything, and then you go, what? You go knocking that night on Shimon's door. And you say to Shimon, I'd like uh, $100 for the lamp. He says, what are you talking about? He says, Reuben was in the house today, he broke my lamp. He says, go move. So go ask Reuben, are you asking me? I'm, my name is Shimon, are you asking me for the money? No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm embarrassed to ask Reuben. I'm embarrassed to ask Reuben, he's very harsh. So I'm asking you, Shimon. It's, it's crazy. Person Shimon has nothing to do with a broken lamp. Here there's a chilek. It's only a marshal because the chilek is the Nebuchadnezzar and 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 Hitler Yamaksham. All the Rishon they're going to take a pay for breaking. They're going to take a pay for their dancing and singing zemiras uh, um, as Yerushalayim was burning. And they wanted very very much to have the to be to have the covered to to uh, set the burnish ones to to act as a shliach to burn the Beis They were very happy. And Hitler Yamaksham was very happy to 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 build a. a and Auschwitz, they're very, very happy. That's a cheshman Hashem has with the Rishon. But, but the Amos is, it's the Baruch Shalom. So if Reuven broke something, Reuven's got to fix it. Vim Odom Meivin Shaktoivet Shokol Dover V'Dover A person knows that the address of everything, Huraka Baruch Shalom Kipshuta, that the address is the Baruch Shalom Amish, Raku Pael Kol Pratu Prat, every single detail of your life, that's him. Then you know, and it's clear to you that there's no other address to go to. There's no one else to speak to. That means even in, even in, in, in the Zikin. So let's say that guy talking tore your shoes. You let your sneakers to the guy. He wanted to play ball. You let your sneakers to the guy, and you tore your sneakers, right? Like I told you, I'm still in pain over the baseball glove. I told you that nice. Oh, that was in shul. Sure. So I had I had a glove. I have to share this with you also. I had a, I had a glove that I, that I had from the time that I was like 16 years old. Now I'm a lefty. It's not so plush if you not know, a glove. And a, a B. This was such a glove that it, it was worked in over years and years and years that I cannot didn't have to do anything. The ball would just go into. It. I never had to worry with the glove. Low down enough or high enough. It was just I just had to go in the right direction with the glove, and it was like a vacuum. It was Givaldi. So. So there was, I was playing ball, and it was a, 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 I was already, I was already married, a few married a few years, and there was a guy, there was a guy from uh, Yeshiva Bacha, Yeshiva Bacha said he was also a lefty, so Yeshiva Bacha said, could I, could I borrow your glove? Not during the game because I, I was leaving. He wanted to playing, so Yeshiva Bacha asked me, could I borrow your glove? So what am I going to tell him? I sound like an idiot to say you don't know this. I love this more than my children. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything. I just said, okay, okay. So where are you in yeshiva? He told me which yeshiva is in. Okay, besides, you remember, you know where I live. He said, yeah, yeah, you're diving in that. Okay, you're diving there. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it off. Don't worry. Minchamarev, okay, it was a Sunday, but don't worry. I see the guy by Minchamarev, you know, and I don't want to say anything before diving. It's not so conscious to talk before diving. After diving, and he's like walking away. So I go over to him and I say, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Where, where, you have my baseball glove? He said, no. I said, where is he? He said, I don't know. <laughs> Just like that. I said, what do you mean? He said, no, I, I, I left it there. No, I forgot. I went back I went back a little late. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That was like, he didn't Sorry. He didn't say he was sorry. Nothing. He said, I don't know. So this was like, you know, in, 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 I want to take him to the I didn't say anything. I didn't take him anywhere. I didn't say anything. I, you know, I, I came home and I said to my wife, I asked that my this guy, my baseball glove, and he didn't. He would have said something. I don't know. Okay. So, in the Zikin, in Shulchan Aruch, I, I could take the guy to the entire right. 
And we have to, and then the Besdin will have to go through, will go through what's the, the Shaila and how to deal with it. But, so then how does that fit? Why didn't I just say, why didn't this Bacha just tell me, well, the devotion gave you your glove. And the devotion took your glove. You have a, right? You have a time. So what's all Chashemish? But like, you know, there's a whole section of Shulchan Aruch, Chashemish. And not only that, not only that, but the shachs is beferish that you don't have to have a cheshem in your shemayim to think that that if someone tells you, let's say you have a dinner dvar with a guy and he says to you, you know, you should be an elochi. There are certain times when there's hanhaga of lusting mishusadim, but a guy can't tell you by didn't tell you to say, what kind of Jew are you? you, you how can you how can you money me for the money? Sure. I, mean, I, I lent you five dollars. What are you? Yeah, I'm not talking about halvahs or something, but I'm saying, let's say a guy damaged something of yours. He, he, he can't tell you, the shah says, he can't, they come to the husband to say, boy, you don't have your shaman, you'd be moichel yid. You can make me pay $500. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. You can say, listen, tell that to the guys and go to the entire. Go to the entire. And there's nothing wrong. The only thing that the, that the shah says, if you have, you have some Jews, but Gemara says that he comes from Sheva Dunk, he's always taking people to the entire. So you, you have people like that. Where I grew up, in a neighborhood where I grew up in Queens, there was a year that he was always suing. He was always suing people. He was a year, you know what happened? He was a, he was a bit of a shikker, this guy. He used to drink a lot afterwards by the ticking, you know, uh, a yard site. But he was a funny guy. He's not alive anymore. But this guy, used to, he used to always, he didn't have a car. He was a strange guy. He used to ask people for lifts. And he used to always, he used to open the door of the car and, and fall out. <laughs> and he would sue you. He'd sue you. <laughs> <laughs> so he would take people that were like no, that didn't know, like other people, and, and other people say, "Be careful! Don't get that! Don't give him a lift!" He would like before the car would stop, not when he was going six miles, but like when it was slowing down or something. He would open the door and he'd fall out. And then the yeah, lawyers, there's a whole thing with him. It didn't really. So the Gemara says that if someone's always slapping people, the didn't they come from Shevet Dun. It's a sim that they come from Shevet Dun. They're in the Indian of Din, but that's that's a problem. The stam a person, a regular person, takes his didn't so that, so what's the shot? Why can't the guy just say, "Listen, the Varsham gave you the glove. He took the glove. Hashem knows not Shemokach. Hashem is Shemavur." He can't say that. That's not a cheshbon. He has a cheshbon klapishmai, just like Nebuchadnezzar and, and the Rishonim have a cheshbon of being responsible for their actions. That's not our Indian now. But how do I, what, how do I deal with the disappointment of losing my glove? That's my cheshbon, right? Like, like we always tell the kids. What happens to you is not up to you, what happens to you. But you, the only thing that's up to you is how do you deal with it? What's your attitude? What's your response? Somebody yelled at you, somebody said something to you that you don't like, the teacher made you feel bad or something. That's 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 the teacher's Bechir, and, and we can't prevent that from happening in life. Things happen like that. But the only question that your Bechir is only how to deal with it. Now, Mitzidi, having lost the glove, so the person's attitude is, is what? What that Yitz Cheshven is... It, 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 or what, even my husband is in the Zika, and I can take him to, to the entire, and I dive into the Barashim to help me, that I should be able to recover the money from... from Because the, the Barashim gave, created the world in such a way, that there's a Mahalach of Shulchan Aruch and Cheshmer, how we're supposed to behave towards each other, there should be a world. If not, then the world would destroy itself. People would destroy each other. But how do you think? And what's your emunah? What's your response? And then what happens if you lose the entire? Right? All of these, all of this is... When a person lives with the Rebbein Shalom, so it's not a question, I can't take the guy to Bezna, I can take him to Bezna, but I take him with the Rebbein Shalom to Bezna. And to ask the Rebbein Shalom, it should be the Ratzon Hashem, that it should be the right way, and I shouldn't say anything that's not 100% true. I shouldn't exaggerate when I speak in Bezna. It should be 100%. 
and then and then the, and if you get back if you get back the money for the thing that was that was ruined, so then he said the Baruchon. That's how he is restoring the money to you. He paid you back through the dintar, and that's fine as long as you do it honestly and legitimately. That's fine. So, but every single thing, every single thing of the person who lives in this way, it's in that. He says that's what he means. We're on the top of Kuflamid. So that that guy came into the Chazanish and he felt, ah, I'm not going to ask Hashem for shoes, you know. I don't, but he would, he, the guy certainly that he wouldn't hesitate to ask for for something. God forbid, if someone was sick, he wouldn't hesitate or anything. A big amount of money, he would certainly ask. But I'm not going to bother him with shoes. So he explains that hergish that a person has that what that you only ask for big things, and not for little things. Where does that come from? That's what the Chazanish was telling the Yid. It's not a tzidkis. It's you're lacking something in your feeling and your moon of Ashgacha Pratis. In feeling it. You believe in it, but feeling Ashgacha Pratis. That's my father. He has the money. And he, he, he is responsible for this. He lies. He, he, he told the shoes. Like he, he pays for shoes. Davening and having the correct understanding and awareness of what Hashgacha Pratis means depends one on the other. You'll be a big davening if you have a big hashgacha, belief in Hashgacha Pratis. If your belief in Hashgacha Pratis is, is real and healthy and normal, your davening is with your father every second. And it's, he's the Baldover, he's the Balabas. So the Hashgacha Pratis, your belief in Hashgacha Pratis is going to determine what kind of davening you are. If your belief in Hashgacha Pratis is weak, or Hashem is someplace in Australia and it's a broken line, it's a bad connection, so then of course your tefillah is not. <clears throat> but if, the Rebbe, if you believe that He's with you and every single thing is from Him, then your tefillah is going to be a Lebedeke tefillah. Kedabe Isha Reyu. That you're speaking to Him, He's right next to you, you're talking to Him. Kishoda Makish, Yeshna Hashgacha Pratis, Mimeilam is Chazakis, when the Kudus have tefillah. When your when your ashgacha pratis, when your belief in ashgacha pratis is very clear and very strong, Mimela, your davening is going to be a different davening. Mimela has to be. It can't be the same davening. Because look how you daven when every doctor told you that there's no hope for that person that you love. In other words, that there's only now you're just left with one thing. It's called ashgacha pratis. Because the doctor, every other doctor pulled out the plug and said, "There's nothing I could do. Nothing we could do. Finished." So then you then you turn to Hashem and say, I guess you know, you're the only one that's left. So then you start to cry. But as long as there's another doctor or two doctors, then you don't have to you don't have to have that kind of avenue. Because you don't believe that it's it's his hand that's on the plug. You think that there are other things. Only when everybody else says forget it, we're done, we can't help it, there's nothing we can do. Then you say, Okay, maybe, maybe it's the last resort. Maybe Hashgacha Protest. And then you daven in a very strong way. But really, every step in life should be like that. This is how you strengthen your davening through through strengthening your hakor and hashgacha practice. That's why I was talking about for the last few weeks, saying that that people are having that I, you know having problem davening. In this shul, how come they're talking? How come they're not davening? <coughs> so then the rabbi is going to uh, invite some guest speaker to give a lecture on on the, the meaning of tefillah. This all it's nice because it's always good to hear tayyeh, but it's all brachla v'tala, brachla v'tala. It's not it. When a person doesn't have, a, 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 when a person doesn't believe in the Baruch then you could stand over him day and night, tell him that he shouldn't talk about davening. Why don't you daven? Daven my heart's like. He doesn't have. He doesn't believe in the Baruch 
Uh, of course, he believes in Hashem. He doesn't believe that he's here with me this second and that my next step in life, my next breath is from him. Otherwise, you don't have to stand there like, 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 in, like for little kids. You'd be embarrassed if, if your children would be in that situation. They'd be look so silly. They'd show you a movie of what it looks like Shabbos in the shul. If it was your kid, you would slap him across the face. Right? But it's embarrassing. So what's the matter with you? How can you how can you standing there in shul like that? So then they're bringing a rabbi to lecture. Some guest lecturer is going to give a talk on 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 on, on It's going to explain with that. Oh, you're going to buy the latest sitter with the newest explanation, a better English than your last English one. So you know, you, whether are you a Matsuda person or an art school person, all of that—that's not the insight of Tfil. How Bobby's and Zaydis daven better, and they didn't have art school, and they didn't always have a Yiddish Tai Chi. Then they just—but they said those things. But they felt that the Benishim was in the room with them. And if you believe in that Shabbos of Hashem, you could daven. If you if you don't believe in Shabbos of Hashem, the davening is not daven. So it's a bracha of to bring in lectures on uh, about davening. What's that? Another lecture about davening? They they heard enough lectures about davening. You have to come in there and scream to them and show them the Shalom is in the room with them. Show them the Shalom is in the room. That's what this that's what these farmers do. That's what you have to learn to to to, to come to that place. Where you feel the Shalom is in the room with you. Nobody in shul would, would act that way. That act the way that they do if they thought the Shalom is standing in the room there. How could you act that way? Would you, would any person in his right mind, the Bereshim is right next to you, would any person in his right mind give like a Hashem an elbow in the stomach and say, so uh, let's let's continue that discussion of, you know, of, uh, of that stock, of that ball game, of that uh, pretty lady in the office? Chas Would anybody ever do that? Nobody would do that. But the Territ says, the Bereshim is not here. Where is he? El Kimba Shemaim Vani Al Ha'aris. Somewhere over the rainbow. So then you you be quiet and you put down your, your list. You know, this, that, that. You put your list, you press the button, send. But there's no reversal with you in your life. That's why, that's why, the more you begin to get into this habit, how do you increase, how do you strengthen your belief in Hashem? You, you force yourself. This method of davening for every little thing. Talking to Hashem for everything, then you begin to then you begin to feel that everything is Him, everything depends on Him. So that so you can't daven without Shkach Hapratis, but in order to strengthen Shkach Hapratis, daven, daven all the time for everything. And that's how you that's how you're going to bring the belief of Shkach Hapratis deep deep into your heart by living that that way with everything with its feel. We have a lot more to do, Mishram.